Hello and welcome back to the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. This will be episode 33, I believe. And it is sort of a continuation in a way of the previous episode that I did. So as I explained in my earlier one, uh, my previous one, I've had some time off and I am trying to organize some a, a logical presentation to bring what I have learned to be some of the most common issues for men that men are struggling with out into the light of day in a cogent fashion to the best of my ability. Um, I, and I wanted to make a short episode about kind of a, it's not a phenomenon. It's a pattern that I have seen and, and it has now become profound enough over the years, consistent enough that I wanted to make a, a mention of it because I have learned that there is value in, observable patterns in our lives and things that I see repeated. I don't know what the value is in that when I notice it, but there always turns out to be some value in it. And the pattern that that I've noticed is because I know a lot of people and I, I, I visit with a lot of people and I rarely meet a stranger. I do, I do have a genuine love for people. So I talk to a lot of people and and I don't talk a lot about my personal life with anybody in particular. Um, I do like to hear their story and I like to see if I can help people uh, with anything in their life or encourage them along the way so that that that's part of what gives me fuel um, throughout my day. Just babbling on about myself is not on my top 10 list of things to do during the day. And But the pattern that I've noticed is as people, as as women find out, uh, it's it's mostly women who say this to me. It is some men, but it would be very disproportionately women who say this to me, like 90% and, and just a handful of men. So as, as women, as it comes up in a discussion, I may be in a public setting somewhere or something and, and some guy will walk up to me and say, hey, look, uh, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the book, whatever. Like it's, it's helped me to understand that I'm not alone. Thanks for taking the time to meet with me. Thanks for taking the time to just care and listen to me and encourage me and tell me that, that as a good friend of mine put it once in, in one of my big storms in life, he wrote on a little index card for me, breathe, drink some coffee. It's going to be okay in the end. And it was just written in pencil real fast on index card. And he stuck it on my counter um, as he was passing through town. And, and those were powerful words for me. It was just that small moment of encouragement. So as, as, as I'm out and about, as, as a man comes up to me and starts talking to him about something, well, women will overhear that conversation, which is why I, I tend to try to have fairly private conversations with men. I do not like eavesdroppers. And I want a man to know that his his conversation can be held in complete confidence. And the only way I can do that is to ensure that it's not overheard by a bunch of other people if that's not what he's seeking to do. If he's not seeking to do a press release with the issues in his life, I try to help him protect that uh, with as best as I possibly can. And I don't, I'm, I'm definitely more of a vault than a speaker. Uh, but women will hear that I am working or devoting myself to healing or trying to help us as men heal uh, it, to the extent that I can, whether it's in my little area, the United States, the world, 
wherever, I guess for this podcast, wherever it can go, wherever I can put an encouraging word into somebody's life that maybe helps them uh, stay the course or stay a different course that they don't have to give up on life. In fact, they shouldn't give up on life. And women will say just a knee jerk reaction. If I say, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing some stuff to try to help men. They will say, but women have issues too. And I'm not implying that there's any type of ill motive in what they say, but that is a, a, a very distinct and observable pattern as a knee-jerk reaction from most females who overhear that I'm working with men to try to bring issues out into the light of day in effort to help men heal. It is not, they don't engage me in the conversation. Their first reaction is, yeah, but women have issues too. And, and herein lies the problem in our culture, at least here in the United States, that that is the knee-jerk reaction. Well, women have issues too. So I'm not sure why that why that is my see that that's a that's a monkey the knee jerk reaction if if you've ever heard the phrase you know like that's your monkey on your back and people I mean particularly in my line of work because I'm a project manager um at least 50 times a day but probably far more than that somebody tries to hand me their monkey they want it to be my monkey. They want to take it off their back and hand it to me so that I carry their monkey. And I often use the phrase, that's not my monkey. And they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But I tell them, you keep your monkey um, and you have to you have to deal with the monkey on your back. It's not my monkey. That's your monkey. But I have noticed this, this distinctive pattern that, well, women have issues too. And so I want to clarify a couple of things. One, I don't know why that would be relevant to me. I am already investing myself into men to try to help to try to help. I am trying to make a positive difference in the world and I'm just a, a, an unqualified misfit who cares about people and loves people and I and I want my life to be a source of healing in other people's lives. And I can't do that on a large scale. And I don't have a huge skill set for that. I'm just willing to fail. I'm okay with that. But I want to at least try. I want to at least make an effort. And if it just falls on its face, there's nothing lost. I don't get any money for this. I don't get any notoriety for this. And I don't want either. This is not why I do this. I do this because I care. And I don't want something from it. I just, it's, it's how I'm wired. It's, it's the spirit that God put in me. And I guess it's sort of my one of, I guess you could say if you're a Christian, it's sort of my calling is to not leave the world. I want to leave the world better than when I found it. And to this, in whatever extent I can do that too, that is what lights me up. Somehow in the knee jerk mindset of American U.S. culture, if men have issues, I'll just follow this logically. Therefore, women, if, if men have issues, that would somehow negate the fact that women have issues. That is a very flawed logic. You can have multiple issues. On my job site, the tile guy can have issues. That doesn't mean that the framer doesn't have issues. And I mean, just like construction issues. You know, um, I, I deal, I, I live in a world all day long where people are just bombarding me 
either face-to-face, email, text, phone calls, wanting me to help them resolve an issue. And all of those people have different issues at the same time, but they're not the same. And one guy's issues don't mean that the other guy doesn't have valid issues as well. But somehow in U.S. culture, the mindset, at least based on what I have seen, and it is it is such an insanely predictable pattern that I see it all the time now. And I have over the years, as I worked with men in small groups, I would get this whether I'm, I'm at church or at a coffee shop or uh, a grocery store or it doesn't matter the setting. It is a knee-jerk reaction that somehow if I'm helping men, I'm taking away from women, which to me is such a flawed logic because so if I'm helping your husband to cope with a storm in his life or to find a way through the storm just by being there and walking with him through that to encourage him that this is certainly not the end of you. And I can pretty much guarantee you that if you will stay the course and ride the storm out on the back end, you will be a better man when you get through it. I just don't see the circumstances where men, where that doesn't hold true. So how am I taking away from a female or a woman by helping a man? To me, that speaks of how, and this may be too much of a generalization, women no longer see the husband-wife relationship as a team. It is all or nothing. It's one or the other. It's black and white. No, black and white doesn't fit. It's all or nothing. It's an all or nothing mindset. It's that women have all the issues. If men have any issues, then somehow that takes away from women. And I, as a, as a dude, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. The logic of it is absolutely not there. But I think we have found ourselves, and, and I'll, I'll be able to see this as I'm paying attention to it closer now, over time as I work with more men, or that is at least the track I am laying in front of me and, and trying to get unfolded. You know, have, have women, have, have we allowed in the U.S. for a woman's identity to be comprised of a significant portion of it being a victim that that women have women come to view themselves in the United States as well there's one slot there's one space in all of the aspects of life where you can be a victim and that slot belongs to females and i would say based on what i've seen in the court system what i've listened to to you know as sitting and watching hundreds of cases in court Women do not have to plead the case that they are victims. It is assumed that they are victims. And men, whether there's any evidence or not, are automatically assumed the predatory aggressor, the the one who committed the offense. And it doesn't even have to be significant. But I, I, I do believe probably in the legal system, women have secured... Maybe that's not the right word, have secured that slot as being a victim. And I would say that probably reaches across all races or or whatever, at least here in the United States. And men, therefore, 
because the courts are all or nothing thinking, then men are outside that slot. Men cannot be victims, which is why uh, the men that I have, I'm not sure that I've counseled them. I think just men that I've walked with who are victims of domestic violence. It is like pulling teeth for them to get somebody's attention. It really takes them being bloodied for anybody even to take him serious. All it takes for a woman is to say, well, he, whatever, he hurt my feelings. He made me mad. He he said a discouraging word. He was emotionally unavailable. And, and then bam, I mean, she's a victim. So I'm not I'm not here to try to rectify or sort out the court system. That's just one one place where I do notice it. But it is profound to me that that, that is the knee jerk reaction of females. Well, women have issues too, and that is not my wheelhouse. Helping women is not in my wheelhouse. I don't have the interest in it, and it's not that I don't believe that women have issues. I do know they have issues. Because I do know that based on at least the last set of studies that I looked at from Stanford, Harvard, the CDC, and the WHO, two of the most profound ones, uh, three of the most profound ones that I noticed, or let's see, what was it? One was that there is a serious and unexplainable, well, I'm putting unexplainable in air quotes, a spike in a huge spike in serious mental illness among females. And I want to say in that study it was 18 to 44, but it may not be. Uh, that study, I, th- I want to say it's about four or five years old now. And they were four independent studies. And I read those studies. And and psychology is trying to explain that away, but they don't have one. They don't have a way to explain it away. Or at least they, they didn't at the time, but they're grasping because they don't want to identify women as having a huge spike in serious mental disorder, illness, whatever, like not just mild depression, but things that dramatically impact their ability to cope with life and to to function in life with a somewhat uh, healthy existence. That is significant. And that's not something to beat women over the head with, but you don't make, uh, you, you don't heal as a nation when you, when women are so protected as a victim that you don't bring those discussions out onto the table and say, why is there a huge spike in serious mental illness among females? Like there is a cause to it. And the chances are that the cause is a born out of a negative reflection of something in our culture. And that's okay because sometimes we have to look in the mirror and say, what are we screwing up today? Uh, The other one was that uh, divorces, in at least in the United States, 80 to 84% of divorces are initiated by the female. So again, it comes back to women leading the way with, I'm a victim. And I, I think we're seeing that in the divorce rates. Again, that's a statistical, those are, those are legit uh, statistical studies. I didn't come up with those. I was just shocked to see them and to read them. Uh, The third one was domestic violence. And 68 to 72 percent, depending on which of the four studies you looked at, 68 to 72 percent of domestic violence is initiated by the female. 
that is not what we see. That has not impacted the outlook for men in the United States, at least. Those are those are statistical studies that, I, and I can't validate how legit they looked like they were put together well they had large sample sizes they were done over a good span span of time to me they look like they were well executed survey not survey studies research studies those are significant issues in it in my opinion it should be making a step back as a culture and ask the question why do women occupy the slot of victim and and is it just that they do that? And what about our mindset that only one particular demographic can occupy that that slot? Uh, because what about all the men outside of there? If if women are leading the charge for divorce, if they're leading the charge for domestic violence, and because it's early in the morning, I've already forgotten the the third one. If they're doing these things, I mean, the domestic violence one in and of itself suggests that there is a very aggressive, in my mind, predatory shift among females. Well, when men were that way, it was a huge concern. It's how women started moving into the victim slot. And they have stayed there. Well, I'm wondering if the bullied have become the bullies. And based on what I've seen, I would say that there's a dog in that race. And then the serious spike in mental illness. There is something going on in the female population, at least of the United States, and it is not tracking in a good direction. And I'm not saying that of every female, but yes, I agree. Women have issues, but the culture's unwilling to talk about it. I'm a man. I'm not equipped to deal with that. Like, I don't understand women. That's not, that's just not what I have an interest in. I I think women can help women if they're willing, but but my my goal is to help men. So, you know, if if we believe the the studies, the research studies, and there's four of them for each of those categories that I just mentioned, and I have read those studies, that means that there, if you look at those things, leading divorce, aggressive, like physically aggressive. For domestic violence. When did domestic violence become a non-issue? If When it's committed against a man, it's not an issue. When a man looks at a woman the wrong way, that can be domestic violence, and that will get a press release and a news camera. But when a, when a woman bloodies a man who's just simply trying to get away from her, or when a woman stalks a man or threatens him or shoots at him or comes after him with a knife or throws things at him, Everybody just shrugs their shoulders and looks away like, oh, you stupid man, you know, and they laugh at at the man. And, and that's horrible. But all of those things speak to the fact that all of those activities lead to men who are victims and not that we need to wear a victim cape. But with that kind of behavior being extracted against men, that leaves a mark and that leaves a wound. And so what I'm trying to do is, is get these issues that our culture wants to keep buried and say, well, men aren't struggling with these. We're just going to laugh it off and we're going to shrug our shoulders and dismiss the females who are doing this. They're not accountable for it and they don't leave any victims. 
And that is absolutely not what I've observed. That's not what the research shows. But why don't we talk about it? Because is it that that women have become so entrenched and so much of their identity has become, I'm a victim. I need help. I need favoritism. I need to have the advantage. And so therefore, we can't share that. Has it become a place of selfishness, which might explain the statistical rise in narcissistic personality disorder among females? I think right now it's 28 to 54. And the last study I saw from Stanford, I think, was 26% of females 18 to, I mean, it was 18 to 44. That was about 10 years ago, 2008. That's 13 years ago now. That 2008 study, its findings were that that 26% of females in the population between 18 and 44 were clinically diagnosable with narcissistic personality disorder. And as you got younger into the, into the, into move back into the teens, that percentage went higher and they did not see a parallel spike in men. And again, it was something that psychology was wrestling for. And in that, in the meantime, I can't find that study anymore. It just vaporized. Um, it used to be easy to find. In fact, there's been books written about it. Um, to try to help men understand what they may be facing in some of this behavior with females. And and so this I don't want men to view themselves as victims, but I also don't want them to deal with the wounds of being victimized and then watching our culture around them shrug its shoulders and and then laugh it off as if it didn't happen because that conveys to a man that what just happened is not of any value. It's not legit. Uh, the pain that he feels, the scars that happened as a result of that are, are illegitimate. Because this is one thing that feeds into where I started my book. And that is one more thing that feeds into that thing that makes men think they're they're alone. And if they talk about their issues, they're going to be crazy because the world shrugs its shoulders. Not the world. That's too big. What I have seen, the world shrugs its shoulders, laughs off the behavior of the female who has actually caused the damage in the man's life. And so therefore, it makes the man think, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not only not bringing value, I'm not valuable but the things that have happened to me are also illegitimate. Like that, my perception that, that these things happen to me is illegitimate. And that therein begins the opening of the wounds. And we are, we are doing it in spades, at least in the U.S., to men. That is what I'm going to start bringing out onto the table because it is time for us to look at it. And it's okay for self-examination is great. I'm not saying that men or women are better. I have I don't have a beef against women. What I do have a beef against is watching our culture fall apart, watching our families fall apart, watching us lose the ability to relate to one another, to parent well, and to view each other in an adversarial role where we don't move as a team. Forget even forget the whole marriage thing. I mean as a nation, we are fellow countrymen and we are losing that. And when we start losing that, we are easy pickings for those who would like to undo our nation. And I believe those people are there and they're aggressively working. And I see them just keep shoveling more fuel onto the fire. 
And they want us to not ask the question, what is happening? Why is ha- Why is it happening? What can we change about ourselves? Not go after other people. What can we change about the way we are growing up, raising our children, functioning in our daily life, the way we treat those around us? All of those things have a dramatic impact on the wholeness of the fellow countrymen of the United States. And I would dare say of pretty much any other group of people, any other nation, it doesn't matter. We're all people. That's a profound statement. Um, But anyway, so that is where I'm trying to go with this. And so I just wanted to mention that, that pattern that I've seen because it is profound to me. And I think it's absurd. But I don't know for sure how we got there, but we cannot remain in that rut. And so I, I guess I don't have a fantastic summary, but if you have issues as a man, as a man, we all do. Hell, we're all people. I mean, we're all broken vessels. But that doesn't devalue our life. That makes us human. It is part of the human experience. And I think it is something that we need to face, not with discouragement and something. I After reading Frankel's book and, and looking at what he came out of that concentration camp with, what he would not let go of in himself was his attitude, his outlook, that that life was in front of him. And, and, and in his mind, God had given him another day of life in that camp every day. And it wasn't because he was supposed to find something to take from life. It was that God had given him life with the expectation that he gave him life because that day of life, in that day of life, God expected something of him. And he was the only one who could do it because we are that unique. He's the only one that could do it. And it had to be completed. It was expected that he would would be there to fulfill that role in that day. It's a phenomenal book, and it, it and it has helped bring some of this stuff in a more organized fashion into my head. So you having issues does not take away from a woman's issues. Not in any way. It does not. So if you have been the victim of domestic violence, if you have been in the business of ugly divorces, custody battles, you've lost everything, or it seems like you've lost everything, that you've had... A death in the in the, of somebody close to you; those are legitimate things that cause pain in life. And you experiencing that does not take that away from somebody, a female in your life. It, it it's mutually exclusive. It doesn't have anything to do with that. We're we're looking at you. So anyway, I, this is just going to turn into a, a a tangent that goes nowhere. So I'm going to wrap this one up. But that is sort of the direction that I'm I'm looking to go in the big picture. And that's what I'm trying to kind of organize these days. So my episodes may wane a little bit. I do want to start bringing men in to start telling some of their stories. That is the direction I'm going to go with the podcast now is letting some start bringing men to the table, literally to my table to start unfolding some of their stories. Excuse me. But because in that you can see that you're not alone and that what is happening to you does not make it, it. You're not crazy. Okay. It's not happening to just you. Other men are experiencing the same thing. And, and in, in my opinion, I think the evidence will bear out 
that it's in mass numbers. So anyway, I hope that you have a good rest of the day wherever life finds you, and I will catch you on the next one.